Hello and welcome to the Guernsey Press Football Podcast. This episode is sponsored by Rehoy & Son, big supporters of local sport. Our thanks to them. Plenty to pack in this week. We'll reflect on action from across cup competitions as St Martin's win in Jersey in the Weeway, North knockout Grand Fort rivals Velrec in the Guernsey FA Cup, Guernsey's under-18s reached a stranger cup final and Rovers go down to Grooville in the Jeremy. We'll also touch on the latest FNB Pre-League action, review a tough week for GFC and pay tribute to a man who kept local football records rather than set them. Uh, we'll also celebrate the latest achievements of Mayor Letizia uh, and take in everything else that's been going on in local football. It is a busy week and it's a busy room. I'm Tony Kerr with me today, a full complement of football acumen to go through all that with uh, Guernsey Press Sports Editor, Gareth Prevo. Hi, Tony. Soon to be Rangers Director of Football, Rob Baptiste. Good afternoon. Guernsey Press Editor, James Faller. Afternoon. And the man who'd have to do all the running if we ever stepped out as a five-a-side <laughs> team, GFC commentator, Harry Jones. Hi, oh, great to be here. Thanks for yeah, having me. Good to see you guys. Harry, do you think you could carry us four in a, in a five-a-side match? <sighs> I'll do my best. <laughs> <laughs> I'd fill most of the goal. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I certainly wouldn't be doing much running up front, so uh, a luxury uh, addition. Um, let's start with the FA Cup, shall we? I mean, it has been a great week for North. They weren't quite able to sustain a challenge to St. Martins in the league, but they could have a big say in where some of the silverware ends up as the season uh, comes to a conclusion. After booking their place in the Stranger Cup final in midweek, they followed that up with a 3-2 extra time win against their rivals at Corbett Field. There had been some complaints about player availability from Rec in the build-up, but in the end, they pushed North uh, pretty much all the way. Uh, Harry, you were there for us. Um, talk us through it. Yeah, well, it really, it really was a thriller on Saturday. Really good game. It was a lovely day for it. To Valerac, as you said, were a bit under strength. I spoke with Craig Tyrrell after the game. He was absolutely shattered. Had to play 100 minutes after not training at all. He's had COVID twice in the last few months. He was. I don't think he was too happy that he had to play so much. And they had to use quite a few new players, four or five lads, who I think hadn't played before. One of them got sent off, actually, which made it even tougher in extra time for Rack. But they really pushed them all the way. They did really well. Uh, North obviously took the lead with a great goal from Sam Murray. Rack then equalised. They had a chance to go 2-1 up before half-time as well. Glenn Letizia went really close. North eventually got their goal in I think it was about the 83rd minute and then wrecking the last couple of minutes they won a penalty sort of out of nothing. Long ball went through a few calls for offside wasn't given and then Billy Prince who came on as a sub he won a penalty Glenn Letizier put it away and then extra time there wasn't too much going on until the red card. Chris Lechermanon nearly got sent off for North as well. He put in a terrible tackle actually on the keeper um, got away with it just about with a yellow card and then North in the time minutes of extra time it looked like it was all set for a pen shootout. Glenn Letizier was actually brought back on even though he was injured to prepare for penalties, I think. Tyrrell was hoping he had one more kick in him. But um, yeah, North in the 123rd minute, they won it. And um, yeah, credit to North. They, didn't, they weren't at their best, I think it's fair to say, on Saturday, but they did enough and they advanced in the cup. Fair play to them. Yeah, how big were those celebrations for, for Joe Alvarez's goal? Well, they were going absolutely mental. I saw, <laughs> I saw one of the pictures of him tumbling on his head, everyone, um, everyone crowding and um, all the massive doggy pole there. They did it for the same with the second goal. I think they thought they'd got their winner with um, Rec looked really tired towards the end. But then they went and scored, obviously. And then when they got that goal in the last few seconds, they went absolutely mental. Uh, yeah, great moment for them. Yeah, you mentioned Glenn Letissier there. He was fairly vocal, it's fair to say, um, in the build-up uh, you know, about the game going ahead. He thinks it, it shouldn't have... Um, given the number of players that he said from his squad uh, weren't available for various reasons. Um, Rob, do you think he's got a point? Um, not really. Um, no, I think it's been quite clear for a while now that what the rules are relating to COVID. And, um, and I think it, the, it's, it's far, far different picture from a club like Velrex, Martins Rovers, any of the Prio clubs to a, what a team like Rockane Pirates. Rockane Pirates are a one-team outfit. So if they lose four or five players... They've got nothing 
behind them. They can't call in any of the reserve sides. But clubs like Valrec, they enter these competitions. They've got multiple teams. Um, and whilst I've got sympathy for them, if they are really short of players through COVID, um, you know, the, you know, they will be always be able to field a team for the number of players they've got signed on. So it might be a bit tough, but no, I think the GFLM have made the right decision. Yeah, given, Harry, how close they ran North in the end, um, I mean, after the game, you said Craig Tyrrell uh, wasn't too thrilled about having to play himself, but, you know, did they feel like it was worth the game going ahead in the end? I think you've got to say yes, because, I mean, it was such a good game. Uh, Grand Fort Road Derby, you know, always exciting. And, yeah, they pushed, they pushed them so close. A lot of the players had to make the step up from Railway and Jackson. They did really well, because North, obviously, are one of the form sides in the Prio. They've been winning games left, right and centre, beat quite a strong Rover side in the week. So for Rec to do what they did, I think um, I think it was definitely worth them playing. Great experience for a lot of the younger lads too. And um, yeah, they came so close to getting that win. Got a feel for them. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, two more quarterfinals still to play in the Guernsey FA Cup. Saints already through to the semis. Um, Rockane Pirates, as Rob mentioned there, um, saw their game called off this weekend. So they'll now play Bells at St. Peter uh, this Saturday um, before Rovers and Sylvans fight it out for the other last four spot. Um, On to the inter-island stuff then. It'll be Grooville against St. Clement in the semifinals of the Jeremy after Grooville beat Rovers at Portsmouth. Jim, you watched uh, that one. It finished 3-0 to the visitors. Uh, Rovers running out of steam at the wrong moment? I, I think that's the way their season is going. I mean, I said in the, in the report in today's paper, I think at one point in the season, Rovers would have relished playing a team that's of similar status to them in, in Jersey and, and seeing how they get on. Uh, but it was, you know, no competition. You know, Grooville was so quickly out of the blocks. You know, Rovers cleared it twice off the line before they went 1-0 down. It was 2-0 inside 25 minutes, game over. Uh, and although Rovers improved at the end of the first half and into the second half, you you know you never quite knew whether that was Grooville just letting them back into the game or whether the Rovers significantly uh, were better. But you know it was um, fairly comprehensive result, and uh, you know always disappointing to see another Guernsey team crash out to a Jersey outfit. They've got to go to Jersey to face Wanderers next weekend as well. Do you sense that they might be able to kind of you know, gather themselves and maybe pull in a pull in a bit more um, in the way of strength and depth? It's tough for Rovers at the moment. I mean, they're a t- you know, I think as a club, I think they're in a pretty good place. You know, they've since the days when they were winning the title and stuff, they've remained as a top three, top four outfit. And I guess you know, for most clubs nowadays, sustainability and you know, staying competitive is, is what matters. And Rovers have managed to, to do that in the past. Well, maybe even the, over the course of this season, they effectively have lost more or less a whole first team. Uh, of, of players, so, you know, back to GFC, etc., uh, and they're still putting out you know, decent competitive teams. Most of which are a good number of those players are homegrown as well, so that bodes well for, for the club. I think there's you know, two frustrations for them. One, they've just gone out of form at exactly the, the wrong time. They're really struggling to score goals, uh, and and that obviously hurts them. Secondly, though, they'll be frustrated because when you are a team that's always in the top three, top four. You want to be picking, you know, if you can't win the league every season, you want to be picking up some silverware. And Rovers' cup record is really poor. Uh, and so, you know, as, although they're, they're you know, still there and thereabouts league-wise, they're not picking up silverware year after year in the way that North always do. 
uh, and that must be a bit of a frustration for them and something I think they want to uh, redress. As I say, an all-Jersey semi-final. Um, in the other half of the draw, Velrec face St. Peter next weekend with Saints hosting St. One um, in the final quarter final. A rematch of the WeeWay um, Cup quarterfinal they played in Jersey this weekend. Saints beating St. One 2-0. Harry, you caught up with St. Martin's coach Leon Meekin a bit earlier today. What did he have to say about that one? Well, he was absolutely delighted with the performance. Obviously, St. One aren't one of the stronger Jersey sides. I think they're seventh in the Jersey League. But to go over to Jersey first in 20 game in a few years, it's always, it's always going to be tough. You know, it's always going to be difficult going over to Jersey and playing a side. Because Jersey obviously have probably a bit more depth than we do due to obviously having more people available. Um, but he was really pleased. He said it was a really comfortable win. I think they had quite a few chances. I remember seeing in the group chat that Jake Lowe missed a sitter. Uh, Lash apparently missed uh, quite a good chance as well. But Lash did go and score. Dom Yom scored two. And it was a 2-0 comfortable win. He said he's really pleased with the performance and it's a really big win for them. Well, we can hear a bit more from Leon Meekin now. I caught up with the Saints coach and began by asking him just how he reflects on that performance over at St. One. Yeah, really good performance. Um, the team were really excited to get over to Jersey and play somebody new, um, you know, see what the, the standard of their league was and, and how competitive uh, we would be against um, some of those Jersey sides. So, uh, yeah, first game, um, yeah, we played. We played extremely well. Um, probably a very kind of uh, frenetic first 20 minutes, 15 minutes to, as both teams settled into the game, um, you know, with with uh, the first inter-island football for both sides in a couple of years, it, uh, it was always going to be uh, quite quite fast-paced and uh, and lots going on. But uh, we, we soon settled into it and uh, the longer the game went on, the, I think the, the better we played, the more chances we created and it was a pretty comfortable victory in the end. Yeah, you mentioned the, the players' excitement at the occasion and getting back to inter-island football as a coach as well. Um, was it nice just to, to sort of have to set up your side against some new opposition? Yeah, I mean, it's it was quite difficult to know what we would be facing. Uh, you know, the only kind of um, measuring stick we had was the, the league table in Jersey and, and the results over there. And it looked like it's uh, been quite a competitive league this season. Lots of close games, close results. Um, so we knew we'd be uh, we'd, we'd face a, a tough game out there, um, but the beauty is uh, we, we've drawn some one again in the Jeremy Cup as well, which we play them in again in a couple of weeks. So it's kind of given me the chance as well to give the majority of the squad a start over those two games, just to see you know uh, where everybody's at in terms of individually, but also for us as a team collectively um so when they do visit Guernsey in a couple of weeks time there'll be a number of changes just to give everybody a, f a fair crack at playing somebody else really yeah and you mentioned sort of trying to gauge yeah the, the quality of Jersey's premiership this season I, I, I guess it is incredibly difficult isn't it and so one a, a seventh at the moment do you have a, a lot of confidence in Guernsey sides um sort of once again challenging in these competitions yeah I think so obviously I've only seen seen St. One now and St. Clement. I, w I watched them play Bells a couple of weeks ago in the Jeremy Cup, so haven't seen a lot of Jersey football, but um, what I have seen, I I'd be confident that we are going to be competitive in these competitions and uh, I'd hope we can uh, we can challenge for, for one or two pieces of, uh, of silverware. Hopefully the uh, the uh, sort of the celebrations from the Premier League um, success have, have sort of died down and everyone's over that. I mean, how focused are you guys as a, as a unit on getting um, yeah getting to grips with these um, these competitions? And as you said before, um, it's, yeah, it's going to be a sort of busy I don't know six, seven, eight weeks of the season to come. Yeah, I mean, we could end up playing till the end of May, beginning of June, I guess, if uh, if we are successful in these competitions and we play more sides from Jersey, um, just because there aren't many free weekends left in the calendar, I guess, until the Marathi. 
Um, but the motivations there for the squad, I mean, when we did actually win the league, I think half the squad were actually away. So um, those that missed it are, are very excited to uh, to try and, you know, very focused, sorry, and trying to get to another final and, and to make sure we win some more silverware. And, uh, you know, we don't see the end of the season being that that moment when we pricked up the Prio Cup. Um, it's kind of incentivised everybody more to 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 pick up more trophies and uh, and have a few more uh, celebrations if we can. Yeah, you've got a couple of Prio games left. Um, North next up. I mean, how do you sort of manage those games now that you have been crowned champions? Will you be sort of blooding some new faces? Um, not really. I think we've got to keep um, you know our consistency going if we can. We've got to maintain the levels that we've kind of uh, that we've kind of attained this season in the league. So um, we we know we've got two games to go. I'm sure both North and Bells will be motivated to to give us our first defeat in the league. But that's a, a, you know an equally a motivation for our guys to to try and um, you know avoid defeat uh, and go the season in the league unbeaten. But you know w- whatever comes out of that, um, players will be given a chance because we we do have to. Uh, we do have to whittle down a, an Upton squad and come to uh, come to pick an Upton side at some point. So, you know, we see this as opportunities for players to play, um, players to, you know, put themselves into our thoughts uh, and into those teams and squads when it gets to the business end of the season again. And I just wanted to ask you about Ollie Smith finally. Um, Harry had a great interview with him in the paper over the weekend. Um, what have you made of of his contribution this season? And then, you know, as, as many have described him, sort of playing some of the best football of his career. Yeah, he's been outstanding. Um, you know, we've always known Ollie's had quality and uh, he's he's been with us a couple of times now over the last, well, since I've been, uh, since I've been involved the last five or six years. Um, he's played for us a couple of times, but you know, I think this season it's um, he's kind of settled into the side more than than he had done previously. Um, I, I think he's a little less worried if he doesn't play every single minute of every game. He's at that age where, you know, he gets as much satisfaction helping the youngsters in our team and our squad uh, break into the side and into the squad as well. But uh, he's as motivated to to play every game that he possibly can. But you know, there's competition for places and, and he's playing so well. Um, he's kind of thrived in that competition, um, like many others. Uh, but, you know, he's a, he's a great character to have around. He's very popular with the, with the older guard and the, uh, and the youngsters as well. So, uh, yeah, he, he kind of uh, blends very well with, with the entire squad. Saints coach Leon Meekin there. Um, St Martin's only defeat this season, uh, of course, came in the stranger at the hands of the under-18s. And uh, those under-18s have made it through to the final, Gareth. A 1-0 win for them over Sylvans, um, booking their place to take on North, who, as we said before, got past Rovers. Uh, yeah, Gareth, you were down there watching that one. How wary will North be of taking on the under-18s? Um, well, I think North know quite a lot about the under-18s, <laughs> considering they provide half of them, I think. Um, but certainly the under the actual semi-final of the under-18s and the Sylvans really entertaining game to be fair it was um, obviously I think the big pitch at the track definitely suits both teams there because they both look to play sort of pretty expansive and um, pacey football so um, it certainly helped in terms of the spectacle but I mean the under 18s I was really really impressed with just the maturity they showed I mean for a junior side they came out and they just had the the air of confidence about them they started off really brightly uh, Keen Domal obviously he's making a bit of a name for himself already at GFC level he's he's going to be a quality player but it wasn't just him there's uh, guys like Owen Woolbridge and Brandon uh, w- uh, Wallace did really really well early on 
Um, they got the breakthrough. It was only 10 minutes in. It was, a, it was an unfortunate own goal for Oscar Ledbeater. He, um, he was sort of trying to deal with a cross um, in, whipped in from the right and and is a, is a bit behind him. He ended up sort of guiding it into his, into the bottom corner of the net, giving Nick Batty's no chance of making any sort of save. So um, it was an unfortunate goal, but I think um, overall the under-18s were very good value for it. Um, Sylvans did create quite a few chances as well. Uh, Luke Helmy had a good game in goal for the under-18s, but um, yeah, they look... Uh, a very well drilled outfit but just yeah like I say just a very confident outfit and they won't certainly won't fear anyone going into that final for sure yeah it's quite a funny one isn't it because their involvement in the stranger has been about getting them ready for the age group Marathi which of course um, they came out the wrong side of unfortunately but then you've got the situation where they've still yeah got two more games after that and and taking players away from uh, from their club sides I mean is that will that lead to a rethink next year I don't know, it probably suits them to actually have these games in preparation for the, the junior morality. Um And I'm sure at the end of the season, they'll be quite happy if they've ended it with a bit of silverware to, to make um, to make uh, amends for the, the unfortunate loss in Jersey. But um, they, whether they um, look to change things, that'll be up to... Uh, the management to be fair I, th- I think actually the f- the final will be quite interesting I did suggest maybe they should play it at Northfield because you know you've got one North team against I think nine squad members of the under 18s are also North but given the fact that North are effectively North first team will effectively be a bit of a skeleton squad I think they have an 11 but the bench are all kind of vets or um, you know coaches etc so uh, you know, that could be a really uh, competitive game It'd be very interesting to see who comes out on top well theoretically there'll be north as the squad will be quite big underdogs because they only scrape through to the semis having um, as the second second place in their group and the under 18s cruise through to the semis and uh, like I say, the 1-0 the win was definitely deserved. They probably deserved to win by a bigger margin. Um, just one thing I wanted to mention, actually, from the semi-final. It was great to be in sort of the track uh, seating area, which was pretty much packed. It was packed. I reckon there was well over 200 people there. And yet I've never heard it so quiet. It was really, really strange to basically have a load of people there supporting a, what is a junior side. And yet they were almost too respectful. They wouldn't sort of cheer or anything. It was quite, it was quite a strange atmosphere, I found. But so hopefully um, it'll be similar numbers turning up for the final and, and they'll get um, some more vocal support, I think. Yeah, great opportunity for those young players. Um, right, let's leave it there for part one. Coming up next, we'll talk GFC. Welcome back. It's four defeats in a row now for GFC. They went down 2-1 at Foots Lane against Ashford on Sunday. Um, they've just about caught up on the games they were behind at this point. Um, they sit 14th in the table, three points above Tooting in that relegation playoff place. Um, the two below, well gone, um, Chalfont and Staines. And we won't go into the situation at Staines now, not without a lawyer present, at least. Uh, if you didn't see their statement last week, it is worth a read. Um, Rob, you said GFC definitely wouldn't go down. Are you still standing by that? Yep. Simple. Uh, Harry, you were on commentary duties um, at the lane yesterday. Uh, what did you make of that performance? Uh, yeah, I think, it was, I think it was a game of two halves, really. The first half was a really poor display from GFC. I saw Vance earlier and he was, um, he was just adding to that. He was just saying first half physically we were absolutely beaten. He said he went in at halftime. He went to every single player and asked, did you win your physical battle? No one said a word. Um, they were pretty much just dominated. Ashford had so many chances. They got their two goals. But in the second half, actually it was towards the end of the first half, the last couple minutes, we had a few chances. And in the second half, 
we've managed to come back into it. Jamie Dodd got a goal. It was a nice finish, actually, from Jamie. And apart from that, we didn't really create anything too clear-cut. I'd say we dominated the second period, but just our first half work had completely undone us and we couldn't get back into the game. I think it's still a result of the fatigue that we've had, obviously, so many games. I think it was like 16 and 62 days, 11 of which were on the road. And I think it's just had such an impact on the players now and they're finding it really tough. Yeah, it's been a brutal schedule. It does get a little bit kinder. Um, they've got five games to go, four in a row at home. And, well, the next game is Chalfont, who have been mathematically cut off, I believe. Um, it seems like a win in that one uh, would calm any nerves that there might be in the camp. Yeah, well, it's a massive game on Saturday. Uh, obviously, you said we're we're getting nearer to that relegation playoff spot. It's not completely out of the question yet. Chalfont's aside, we beat a few weeks ago on the road in dramatic circumstances, and I really hope that we can repeat that feat again. Got a bit of a break now. Hopefully, we'll have Cholton Govine back. I think we really missed him uh, in the game yesterday, so hopefully we can go get a win and sort of ease some nerves, as you said. And, and you've been commentating on a lot of these games, Harry, for... GFC TV. Um, it has been, as we say, a brutal schedule. What's it been like following them um, throughout this kind of run of away games? Well, personally, I've loved it because I, um, I love obviously doing the travel and doing all the commentary work and camera work. A few times I've been thrown in when Ollie's been away having to um, try and do the camera work and sometimes some situations have been a bit of a nightmare at certain clubs. But um, doing the commentary has been fantastic. Yesterday, I didn't actually know I was going to be commentating. I turned up to the game about five minutes before my dad and then Nick Legg came up and asked if I wanted to do co-commentary because <laughs> Simon Delery was feeling a bit ill under the weather. So I went and helped him out but on the road it's been it's been really enjoyable but you can see game after game the players just getting more and more tired we saw it away at Basingstoke I think that's when the fatigue started to set in it was a really good first half in the second half we sort of dropped off then away at Chertsey we got pretty much battered by a really strong team I think that probably took a lot of confidence out of the players and we saw it at South Park uh, we lost 6-1 that was a really tough uh, evening so that was yeah, really, really difficult. It's been the last sort of few weeks. At the start of the away period, we were really good. We won quite a few games away at Staines, away at Sutton Common Rovers, beat Thatcham in convincing fashion. But yeah, it's been just been the story of the players getting more and more tired mentally and physically and yeah, really tailed off in the last couple of weeks. What's the implications for the Marathi of all these players getting tired? Because we see GFC, you know, on the crest of a slump at the moment. Uh, Jersey Bulls won at the weekend that's only their second win in eight or something I think you know they've dropped out more or less dropped out of the promotion setting does uh, three weeks between the end of the formal league season and the Marathi what does that do for, for players to uh, to get them back in the mix and, and, and ready for for, you know, for what we still think is the big one well we've got to win the Marathi semi-final first Jim we mustn't True. get ahead ourselves <laughs> I gather that some sort of squad has been announced I know the likes of Ross Allen and Jamie Dodd have been received invites to play in Alderney. So it'll be interesting to see what sort of team GFC will turn out that. They must be very confident not going down if they're already handing, in, handing out invites for, for the Marathi in Alderney. Hence my um, confidence that we're going to stay up. Yeah, they go to Hanwell Town um, on the 23rd of April, the same day as the, uh, the GFA send their side up to Alderney. So, yeah, I don't know. It feels like there's probably enough time um, once that you know, once those games are done and dusted um, to, to kind of reset ahead of the Marathi. You'd hope so, because otherwise it's going to be a diabolical spectacle if Jersey are basically falling over Just as thinking well. as a spectator, you know, the, the last, what, four, four Marathis have been pretty dire affairs. Uh, you know, it just likes to see a really good, exciting game uh, for once, you know, and uh, it doesn't feel at the moment that that's going to happen if you've got two teams of uh, punch-drunk players. An argument to, to make the Marathi the... Uh the opening uh, occasion of the season? Oh, no, well, <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't go for that. Yeah, your face told the story, though. I'm still, I'm still sure there'll be quite a few Saints players will be drafted in for the Marathi. They should be. 
What a month it's been for Maya Letizia. She's been nominated for March's Player of the Month Award in the WSL, alongside the likes of Miedemar and Kerr, uh, Sam Kerr, that is. Uh, she's also been shortlisted for the Goal of the Month for a lovely half volley against... Excuse me, can we bust in? <laughs> it, it was never going to be Tony Kerr. <laughs> I don't think I'd get anywhere near the, uh, the player of the month award in that. <laughs> As I say, she's also up for goal of the month for that lovely half volley against Aston Villa. She played every minute for Brighton um, in March and she's back with England's under-23s this week. Um, they face Holland in two games over the weekend um, as part of a training camp in Spain. So, um, yeah, fantastic uh, few weeks for Mayor as it has been uh, for all season, uh, seemingly. Um Right, before we wrap up with a look at the state of play in the lower leagues, Rob, I know you wanted to pay tribute to a man um, who did a tremendous amount of work to make sure local football history was well recorded. Yeah, um, some eagle-eyed people are, will have noticed in the press of about 10 days ago that um, Richard Payne had passed away uh, at the age of 82. Richard um, hadn't been seen around in football grounds for many years, but um, until pre-COVID, he was still going quite regularly to GSC games. But... Back in the day when he was able to, he was a regular fixture at all Prio League games and behind the scenes he actually devoted, I won't say hours, but days and weeks and months to actually keeping the records of all domestic football, um, Prio League football and Cup football and Marathi football going back to the very, very start. And the fact that we were able to, um, a couple of years ago, actually chart the history of the Guernsey Guernsey game decade by decade was made almost well, basically made possible by Richard's work, outstanding work. We've, when he actually decided to pack in through illness, probably about um, the year 2000, he handed over all his books, his red books to us for, to, for safekeeping and to utilise and you know they've been invaluable over those years for me to to look back on on the game in the in the past decades um so you know guernsey football owes richard payne a big debt and i'd like to think that perhaps at some stage in the coming week or or so that perhaps um a minute silence might be given to um, richard um at some of these pre-early games because you know guernsey football history owes him a lot and we saw some of that work as well um so it's been put to good use with the, the top 100 series um, last year that you, you put together. So, um, of yeah, course, yeah. A real right, without Richard's work, we'd have been guessing most of the time. As, as a very occasional prayer player myself, uh, to find myself in one of Richard's books is uh, was probably the high spot of my career, I think. Marginally ahead of Tony Kerr's. <laughs> <laughs> the football season obviously coming uh, towards the business end, if not in the business end at this point. Um, Jim, I know you're, uh, well, you alluded to your Premier League career there, but um, <laughs> you're a, a more regular face down at the, uh, the lower levels of Guernsey football. Harsh but true, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, just give us a, a quick run through of how things are shaping up there. Yeah, well, I was at Port Swarth yesterday afternoon where Bells celebrated winning Division 2, and I think they're the first team to have claimed a, uh, a league title this this year but uh, just a quick whiz through the lower leagues so uh, Division 1 looks like it's a straight shootout between Rockane Pirates and Rovers uh, Rockane Pirates are in the box seat and I would suggest that they will go on to win it at their first year at that level so it'd be very interesting to see what they decide to do next but clearly that the commitment of a group of 
solid group of players, many of whom could be playing Prio if they wished, uh, is probably serving them well in a in a league which uh, sometimes is a bit of an exercise in filling shirts. Um, so to say, Bells have won Division 2. Division 3 is now a straight shootout between Barbar, Jay Sylvans and St Martins. Uh, St Martins won on Saturday and that puts them in the uh, with the advantage there. They've got a game in hand and a three-point lead. Uh, the Vets League is going to be a straight shootout between uh, Rovers and Bells. Bells only came back in the Vets League uh, last season uh, and this season with the, with the occasional use of some of their uh, Prio stars. Uh, they have um, kind of defied the form book and now find themselves, I think, only needing to, to win their last game to, to win the league. So that will be quite a, quite a remarkable effort from them. And I fear for, for fellow Vets players that um, they'll only get better and better as the years go on as well. Uh, in the youth leagues, North are almost... Home and host in under 18, they've played 10-1-10, so that's, uh, the title will be theirs. And at under 16, I think uh, St Martins and Sylvans are, uh, are fighting it out for the, uh, the honours there. Yeah, brilliant. I think we'll take a closer look at the youth leagues on next week's show. Um, quick look at what's coming up this week then. Um, tomorrow night, North take on Rangers in the Prio. Um, then at the weekend, uh, North are back in action, hosting Alderney in the league. Vailrec hosts St. Peter's in the Jeremy. And Rockane Pirates uh, take on Bells in that FA Cup quarterfinal. And Rovers are over at Wanderers in Jersey um, in the Wee Way. And then on Saturday, GFC take on Chalfont in that big game at the bottom of the Isthmian South Central. Um, OK, we'll wrap it up there. Uh, our thanks again to Rehoy and Son for their support of the show. Um, thanks to everyone for listening. And thanks to you guys for... Make it so enjoyable. Cheers, guys. Cheers, Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.